How weird is it to be talking on a Monday? It's extremely strange. Mm-hmm. It's it's spring here, kind of. It feels like one of the first sort of spring days, and I feel like it's a new beginning. And then, so it feels appropriate for me to be doing something weird. Yeah, I I am with you. That feels like like the sun. Well, partly because daylight savings time, probably. But the sun feels different. Like it feels, you know, it's like different position in the sky, and it just it's putting off more heat. And I can I can sense it. There's still snow on the ground, but I can sense spring is coming, and I'm very excited about this. Yeah, totally. I pinged you over the weekend. And was like, yeah, well, let's. What if we like doubled up? Because I was talking to Brian. Uh, or Jordan, and I was like, yo, I wish you guys just recorded more podcasts. And then I was like, well, I should probably also record more podcasts too. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I want more podcasts of like, you know, two people talking about their businesses. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know how to make more of that happen, at least in some regard. I'm glad that there seems to be sufficient demand for it too. That's uh, I'm pretty psyched about that. You know, that's pretty cool. Thanks to yeah. all of you for paying attention and caring. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What would we do different if we had two listeners? We would just invite them on the call. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. This would just be a stand-up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like that. All right. Well, let's let's just say we have too many listeners for that to be feasible. So I guess we should keep doing the podcast. Yeah, I don't know if like can Tuple handle like you know thousands of people at the same time? Mm, uh, no, definitely not. Not quite. Okay. All right. Uh, although um, we are now out of beta, or sorry, out of alpha into beta. Oh, nice! Which is a completely arbitrary designation. <laughs> I was going to, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. So much better. How, how do you define what the difference is between alpha and beta? I feel like alpha is like this could like fall apart at any moment, and you should not be surprised. And beta is like this could fall apart every once in a while, and you can be a little surprised. I guess. Okay. All yeah. right. So just a it, just an arbitrary marker of stability. Yeah, of stability, sort of. and also just like like feature availability. For us, it kind of came down to like what percentage of people are having crash-free sessions and also like what features have we got in there? Like are we missing things that feel like this can't really call this a beta until we have X? And so we, we made a list of those and built a, built them and then here we are. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I suppose if you were Google, you would leave that label on for about a decade or so? Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Wasn't Gmail, Gmail, in, Gmail was in beta for like 10 years or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, like we said, it's arbitrary, so we could just decide that we're, we're eternally in beta. It is an arbitrary designation, for sure, and like we just get to decide when we've crossed it. But people do use it for sort of opting in and out. I've said, like, hey, do you want to join our beta? And people are like, no, we'll, we'll use it when it's, it's launched. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like that. I've chosen a moniker for this that sort of reflects sort of where it's at, and you've decided that's not what you want. So like this is kind of working as intended, actually. Yeah. I kind of steered away from labels like that, but I feel like it might have benefited me to kind of more clearly denote where it's at. Because when I set my January deadline, I was like, this is basically a V1 product that's ready to be used and paid for. And certainly there were some small teams that could use it, but there was a lot to add to it to be probably even more feasible for for a little bit larger teams. And so I feel like maybe I could have benefited from communicating that more clearly because now it feels like it the product has progressed so much, but it's still I'm not really presenting it any different way. So it's like maybe I can retroactively like label it as, you know, this is a new milestone. It's like V2 or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, yeah. Or you just say you could just be like, hey, we're out of alpha now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could be. They'd be like, oh, didn't know you were in it. It's like me neither. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're all learning things today. Yeah. We're in onboarding mode. 
So I was I spent uh, February selling people on their first month to start in March because I guess we were focusing on sort of stability and getting out of alpha for February and uh, now it's time. So I just invited, I think it was four or five teams today and there are more to invite. Uh, there's a queue that I'm working my way through, but we finally, finally have this way of like onboarding people in a way where that I don't need to go create accounts for everyone and email every single person and set their password manually in the console and like all this goofiness. So like now, like I want to invite a team. It's like generate link, send link to champion person at thing done. That's like nice. kind of amazing. That's cool. Uh, who yeah. built that? Did you build that or did someone else? Uh, it was a t- joint effort. I built, I took the first pass at it and then somebody, Joel or Spencer finished it off. Mm-hmm. I got distracted nice. by other things. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so these people are, they purchased in February with a March start date. Is that basically Correct. how it went? Okay. Yep. So I basically had them prepay for their first month to get on the list. Okay. And then uh, when we, as we onboard them, we are setting sort of like the, what the next build date will be. Got it. Yeah. And where are these people coming from? Like the people who bought in February, do you just have inbound interest, people reaching out to you or how are you? Like- yeah, it actually has basically been all inbound. Okay. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a great problem to have. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. So basically, so we have an email list and the first thing you get when you join the email list is like a question, like a survey. And I'm like, Hey, like, I'd love to know even more about you. I think the last time I looked at that, something like 20 to 30% of people filled it out, maybe in that, that order. One of the questions on there. So we asked like, what's your title? Uh, how much pain are you experiencing with your current pairing tools? How often do you pair? do you have at least three people that might want to join our paid beta? And so if you have the right answers to those questions, I reach out to you. And I basically all of these people have been through that minus just a couple. Sometimes people just DM me, which is also <laughs> great. Hi, like we want to try the thing. Can we buy the thing? And I'm like, yeah, generally, yes. So we have, we're sort of like invite only mode, but you can kind of raise your hand to be like, Hey, I'm a really good candidate. And then I'm like, well, we do want those. So yeah, one of my like high level to do is once I can get off of cranking out product features all day and all night, my next thing is I want to try to to recruit like more proactively recruit some more teams like my key team that I'm working with right now. But it's actually not entirely clear to me what the best way to approach this is. So I have I have a decently large list of people who have reserved handles. And so and but they're not like really pre qualified beyond that. So I'm guessing a subset of them are just folks who would would be a user, but not necessarily an account owner in level. So there's like, you know, a subset of those are people who actually are decision makers on teams or whatever. I mean, first step for tapping that list would be to somehow retroactively pre-qualify them. So I don't know if it's like sending out a survey and asking folks to basically raise their hand off that list, but I don't want to send it to the whole list. So I don't know if like random sampling or approaching the first, the people who came in first, which are now that's, they've been on there a while. So now they're really cold (laughs) to me, you know, also there's no random sampling feature in drip. Well, I would have to do that off drip. <laughs> ah, I see. Gotcha. Use a, the old spreadsheet. Do you know what sort. I do when I want to do this? Is like I like I try to like find the segment that gets roughly the right amount of people I want by being like email does not contain P but does contain F kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Just fiddle with yeah, it. that is that is a known hack that uh, others yeah. have used. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of nice to give people the opportunity to raise their hand and be like, "I am a good prospect. You should spend your time on me." 
if you didn't want to send it to everyone and you thought there was you thought you had a good enough sense of the company archetype that you knew would work you could use like clearbits enrichment tool on your uh your email list and get get some information about the companies involved yeah that could be interesting i could also do like not working through the list i could just put out a call you know on this podcast or on and or on twitter to be like hey this is what i'm doing this is what who i'm looking for you are someone who's willing to be willing to pay for this tool you have a more than like two people on your team and whatever other criteria i'm looking for and just basically kind of summarize you know if this if this is you reach out to me and let's do this um yeah so that's another option too you know it's just yeah like, i think you probably want to shout it in a, from a couple different places because even the people that say they're interested a bunch of those will fail to go anywhere and you'll you'll weed out a bunch of them so like you probably want to start like hopefully to start with a, a good number of them to actually end up with one or two that make it all the way through and I'm just, man, I've really become convinced that, and maybe it's just from the amount of time I've been doing this and, you know, the stage I'm at, but it's like, I have no qualms now about asking folks to pay. Like I'm not, no more free trials. I just, I don't want to do it. If you look at the numbers, like level is not that expensive unless you're a giant team, even to ask you to pay, you know, a team of 10 pay $80 a month. Like that's, that's nothing compared to the amount of time and effort that's being put into this product. So, you know, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Good. Well, that's that's a good mindset to have, I think. Yeah, I told you we got rid of our free trial, and that has been going fine. We have been doing some pricing changes recently. Um, like, we're always testing new pricing, but it actually kind of feels like now we have hit upon a thing that is getting a yes a lot. A big part of that was just, like, lowering it. I was at the end of the edge of the curve where it's like, yes, the very well-off companies can afford to buy this and the numbers seem reasonable to them. And they expect an enterprise sales process. And, you know, they have a security audit and all that stuff. Um, and so you can make a business on those companies. I mean, like, it's not the most fun ever. And we were just getting more, way more no's than yeses because of price. Uh, and so I was like, you know, uh, spending time on all these leads and going back and forth and whatnot. And like, I'm just getting a lot of pushback on the numbers we're asking for. <laughs> I had a conversation with a guy. And he was like, all right, so... I have like 50 engineers. Let's just imagine I rolled this out to everyone. That would be um, the most expensive thing our company pays for <laughs> by like 3x <laughs> on an annual basis. Yeah. And I was like, that, yeah, okay. You, that doesn't probably, sound quite right. Doesn't sound quite right. So mm. tweaks have been made. We're making tweaks. We're testing some sort of new, new pricing that's, that's lower for sure. Um, but also with kind of like an easier to get into kind of thing. I'm lowering the, the amount I'm asking for per seat. Uh, and that has helped a bunch. But also, I am. Uh, I started pitching people on a flat rate to get your entire team in for the first month. So a thing that kept happening was people, even the ones that were not price sensitive, would be like, cool, sounds good. Uh, we're going to start with two and see how it goes. And it's like, that's just not as good as it could be. Like, that's just like... Uh, a lot of people wanted to start with two people and they have, you know, 10, 12, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you're, you're going to like it more if you, if more people can use it. And if like the two that you give it to don't like it, then this deal is dead. But if you gave it to 10 people and four of them ended up using it regularly, you can just pay for four. That's fine. Now I've been pitching a flat dollar amount, no matter how many people you add, just add everyone. And then at the end of the month, we'll just see like, who's left, who's still using it, using it, who wants it. And we'll bill you for that. Did you consider instead of flat, like just a discounted per seat price? So it still scales variable to the team size or was, or did it just make more sense to do flat? Yeah, no, I hadn't thought about that. 
that probably would still get approved about as much, right? As long as it were like a pretty big discount. But then I feel like it triggers that, that same thing, which is like, let me find out who wants to use it, who wants to try it, who should be on the list. And so I was basically going to like a busy, uh, you know, engineering leader and being like, hey, uh, go on Slack, start a Google Sheet, ask everyone who's interested to put their email on it, decide whether or not you want the designers on there or not, ask maybe the project managers, like just all these decisions and kind of like, you know, unsurety and just like, go do stuff for me. And now it's like, here's a fairly trivial amount of money. Give it to everyone. Whoever wants to keep using it, we'll talk about afterwards. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. It'll be interesting to see if something like that makes sense for level eventually once I have, you know, sufficiently large teams wanting to try it out. I could see a similar dynamic happening where it's like, well, and and same with level, like you're not going to see, you're not going to see the results unless you really try, you know, you go as all in as you can and really pilot it. Um, mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. So you have a big hurdle to get them over already. So if you can make pricing not an objection in the first month, that might be a useful thing for you. So, so far I've, I've pitched this new pricing scheme to, I think like four people and all four said yes. And that this is unseen. So this is like, I haven't done a demo with them. They haven't even used the app. And so now it's like, we're starting to hit the, the, the point where it's like, okay, like I can actually close these just like with an email. And so like, maybe they don't convert as well to the next stage. That would not surprise me if that were true. But it's like, suddenly I've, I've kind of unblocked uh, sales from a like lead flow at least, or like a, you know, into the, into the next stage of the pipeline. I don't know where we'll eventually end up, but like this, this is feeling righter than anything has so far. Also, very annoyingly, a few months back, I emailed Rob, a little known person, operator in the space. I was like, hey, what do you think we should charge for pricing? And he was like, mm, just going off my gut, I'd say this. And I was like, we could charge way more than that. Rob's wrong. I'm closing deals at way more than that. Why would I leave so much money on the table? And the the price that we're charging now is like exactly what he said. Ah, <laughs> the one we finally come, come to is like, oh damn it. <laughs> well, oh well. I applaud you for your all your testing you've done because that's I mean the Patrick McKenzie meme of raise your prices like that. That is a meme because people don't do it enough and they're you know you always tend to price too low. So sure, yes, totally. Um, Yep. And, and right. And I'm, I'm glad we explored the space. And like, and, and the interesting thing is now I know it's like, like before I was like, so on the charge more train, where I was just like, yeah, obviously, like, duh, like, some people will pay twice as much, and they don't care at all. Why would you be an idiot and not not do that? And now I'm realizing like that a higher price point is a different kind of customer and a different kind of sales process. And you don't necessarily want that. Like, it's not all good. If you're paying certain dollar amounts, people expect things like demos, like free trials, like, you know, all these audits and things like that. Like, we'll see, like, once it's, like, actually, like, converting these people to normal subscriptions, like, if it actually just continues to be kind of painless. If at the end of the subscription, they're like, oh, and now we have our huge obnoxious process you have to get through to keep paying. Like, oh, wait, okay, maybe this doesn't work how I thought it would. But it's been it's been interesting to, for me to kind of experience the the high end of that curve and then to drop it down and see what that feels like. And, like, we're just going to kind of keep dialing it in some, and try to end up somewhere that makes sense for us. Yeah, it's like you're doing aspirational pricing, like price for the type of customer that you want to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a totally. sense, right? Yeah. Um, I quoted this new price to somebody and he was like, oh, wow, nice. I respect that. Like way, way to charge that amount. And I was like, because it's so low? And he's like, no, it's so high. And I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, just so you know, like some, th- this is not the high version of the price. <laughs> yeah. So. 
that's funny. You you have no idea where I've been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just yeah. it's just great. He was still like I was like oh nice like way way to way to charge you know a healthy amount and I was like mm-hmm. right yep sure <laughs> cool. That's funny. Um, yeah. So that that feels pretty good. I'm I'm interested to see how that can that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I hope Rob doesn't end up being completely right. That'd be very rude. Of him. <laughs> well, wasn't he already? Or or is this? Well, I mean, you're, he's, you're just he's, waiting to declare success. Just exactly. Yeah. 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 The initial signs are positive, so we'll okay. we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he might he might know some things. Turns out he might. You know, he's been around the block. Yeah. So just a couple more things for me. Um, one is we added a new thing that I'm kind of two new things that I'm psyched about. One is um, the ability to control the resolution of the call from the guests side, which I think is kind of cool. So there's a little drop down on the tuple window and it's like, if the connection's really good, you can bump up and, and like to like a really high resolution. And if it's not so good, you can bump it down. And so if you want to like have a really sharp display, cause you're not doing much remote work, you can just do that. And if you want to have really fast latency, cause you're typing a lot, you can tweak that as well. And that was just like one of those f- things I've wanted to have hit, get out for a while. And it's, it's now it's live and it just feels really good. Very nice. And is this is this a differentiator type of feature? Like, can you do this in any other tool that you know of? Or? I don't think so. I'm not aware of any other tool that let you do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what's so. especially cool about this because it feels like it's uh, very unique. Yeah. I was excited about that all weekend. It's funny. Like, we, I think we put it out like on Thursday or Friday. And just like, I just felt happier over the weekend knowing like a good thing has shipped in the product. Like, I'm, I'm psyched that we have this there. And that's cool. The top resolution is just uncompressed, basically. It's like whatever your host's native resolution is. And we called it uh, ludicrous mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> homage to, to Tesla. Nice. Yeah. So we have a question or retro, which is, how is the product better than last week? Which I think is kind of worth talking about. Um, and I'm glad that's there. But one thing that I added recently was, how is the company better than last week? Because there's so much other stuff that we have to build to make like a really legit company uh it's like terms of service privacy policy help desk software you know like writing things down just like what does it has anyone written a list of all the services we're paying for and how much we that costs and all this stuff. just like there's a lot of like things that you got to do that's the company part of the software company i wanted to make sure we were like paying attention to that too because those are important wins as well for sure yeah and i think it's it's healthy to look at look at those things as vital pieces and not just like annoyances or like things that are not actually important. Like it's easy to put the product up on a pedestal and say like, well, as long as we're making product progress, everything else is just in a cruft that we have to deal with. But it's actually, it's all important to, to build a well-oiled machine. So Right. And it's, yeah. it's a big machine and the product is a part of the machine, but there's a bunch of other parts too. Um, and they can even get dwarfed by the rest of the, the parts. Even just like, security questionnaires man filling out security questionnaires sucks like we should have a white paper like this this is one answer that people do like if they write up a white paper that has a bunch of just their answers to this question and you can just respond with that and maybe it's enough um and it's like okay yeah like someone should do that that's part of building the company part it's not the product um and that would be a useful thing for the sales process and all that stuff like so let's let's make sure we do things like that and also like recognize that that's worthy work too yeah yeah that's good yeah so yeah, what's up with what's up in your world? Last time we recorded, I talked about being close to shipping the the notifications feature, and that that did make it out on Friday. Shipping before the weekend. Yeah, I I had a similarly like I was kind of riding on a high over the weekend because I got it shipped, and I I said I wanted to get it done by Friday, and I did. I felt good about that. It was after my team was already mostly logged off for the day, so I didn't really get 
any initial reactions last week, but that was fine. Like I did a round of polish over the weekend when I had a few hours here and there. And this morning um, kind of got got hit with a barrage of little little pieces of feedback and a few bug fixes and things. So I spent most of today kind of fixing little things that were not functioning so well with the with the notifications. Yeah, it, it really helps to have a team that's that's immediately responding to things they're seeing. So like I for example, I had a notification would would get listed in your feed anytime another person acknowledged a reply that was authored by someone else on a post that you're subscribed to. So like, you know, if, if there's three people participating in a conversation and you thumbs up, you know, Joe's post, then I would see a notification about that. And it was like unanimous from everyone on their team. Like, this is great, but I hate seeing these. I don't want to see these. And everyone is just piling on like, yep, don't want to see it. I could build up like a rationale as to why that should maybe be in there. Like maybe you're interested in that happening, but it was like pretty unanimous, like, nope, don't want it. So you could just be so much more confident making decisions when you have like real users giving you that kind of, that kind of feedback. So hundred percent. Yeah. That's so nice. How, how happy does that team seem? I think getting happier <laughs> with the, with the product. Yeah. I'm seeing fewer complaints about things and the things that are pointed out that are negative are generally, smaller in scope, like less, less fundamental. And, oh, I did. Uh, it was cool. I got a, someone who is a member of a different team, a smaller team that's, that's using level tweeted their praise of level earlier today too. So, so that was, that was cool to see. It was like, yeah, it took a little while to get used to, but now I'm really starting to get it and it's feeling really good and much better than Slack. So wow, it's exactly what I want to hear. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Do you happen to know if any of these teams that are using it have ditched Slack? I think some of the smaller ones have. I think my team of 10 is still using it for some very specific use cases. Like they have a bunch of integrations piping in just like a stream of notifications from another app. And I think that they are still keeping that, some things like that in Slack, but for the most part off. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That seems like an, uh, like maybe one of your your golden metrics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, have you what, switched off. What's your, yeah, what's your switching rate? And like what keeps yeah. the people that don't switch on the old thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's, that's product. Um, I'm this week hoping to, to finish some smaller things, but also uh, step aside from product a little bit and put some attention towards recruiting that, that next cohort of folks to start paying and really start trying it out. Um, yeah. Nice. When, yeah. When does your uh, team of ten rebill? Do you know when they like they pay the next their next subscription month? Um, so this team is actually not currently paying. They were on the one of the pre-orders and one of the first to kind of step up and be like, "Yes, we're going to we're going to go all in on this." So they were still uh, they came in during the phase where I was like still extending trials to folks with the with the thing of like once you're getting value out of the product, I will. Uh, start charging you and so i think arguably they're they're at the phase right now where i need to have that conversation and talk about what does it look like for for getting them on a subscription i think i think they'd be open to it but i need to have that conversation yeah yeah that sounds worth doing Mm -hmm. for sure because that'll either be yep yeah we like it let's let's do it here's a credit card or well there's this thing like it's gonna it's gonna uncover things it's gonna tell you where you're really at but if it if it tells you you're at a place that's not wor- like where they don't feel like it's worth paying for yet, they'll they can at least tell you why. Right, right. 
And this I is can, how we, yeah. I've like, I justified in my head as I force people into a, a decision like this <laughs> that I don't necessarily want to hear the answer to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, you know, if it's bad, at least we'll get some data. We'll get feedback. Yeah. I guess the only thing that gives me pause about it, which I've pretty much gotten over this entirely, is just that like if, especially with this team, I've worked with them for a while, they've given me a lot of feedback and they're becoming more and more entrenched in it as they've kind of modified their their usage patterns and and bought into it completely. So if they weren't in a position where they felt like they were ready to pay, I kind of have them locked in in a sense because they put in all this effort to switch over to it. So I want to be careful not to be not to like take advantage of that fact or exploit that by saying like, well, now that you spent all this time, if you don't feel comfortable paying, like if I can kind of force that decision and I don't want to force a decision, I want that I want them to be happily starting to pay, if that makes sense. Uh, definitely. Although that, that I'm not sure that like reasoning follows super clearly to me where it's like they're getting too much value from it or something like they, they're using it too much. So if I told them they had to pay for it, then they would have to do something else or something. Well, no, it, it would be like, like, yeah, we, we think level has great potential. There's a lot that we still want to see changed in it, but like it's getting there for us. And if I'm like, cool, now's the time to start paying me or I'm going to shut off your account. Like that would be like, I just want them to be to feel ready you know yeah sure well, i mean i think if you've pitched them as like you should start paying me when it's delivering you value you could just ask be like are you getting value from this yes no and then like the sort of next step is pretty clear based on that answer and you're not like being a jerk you're just saying like remember that thing we agreed to like i'm just checking in on it no there's definitely a way to approach it that's i think feels right to me mm-hmm. you know yeah so yeah get that money <laughs> yep <laughs> Totally. Got to pay those bills sometime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else uh, going on in your world? Um, no, I think that's it. I mean, I'm traveling this week, too, going back to visit family in California. So nice. uh, we'll see how much I actually get done. But huh. the plan is to still try to try to get some work in. So nice. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I was just commenting on Twitter that like Brian Castle takes a ridiculous amount. He does so many trips. It's like every time he's on Bootstrap Web, it's like, well, I'm going to be in X, you know, next week for a couple of days so good at that i need to take advantage of my uh remote friendliness more i think like i have some stuff in the works that i'm that i'm hoping to do uh that are on the, like longer trips but i just feel like, like that like like i'm gonna be in florida thursday through tuesday just because i can because it's great like why not take like take the good parts of the the uh remote thing for sure totally and like the because we're in a position where it can be a workcation it doesn't have to be a drop everything and go take days off at a time you know you can still it's the beauty of uh beauty of our industry you can just work from anywhere so yeah i feel like i need to do that more too hmm. well let's let's agree to take more vacations <laughs> <laughs> yes i can get on board with this that could, this, is, this will be what the monday episodes are like it's it's us like it's laid back and then mm-hmm. Thursday is the, oh, who knows, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of upcoming episodes, uh, next week, this time next week, Ben Curtis is going to be our guest. First of all, Ben is an interesting guy. So were you familiar with Rails Kits back in the day? Yeah. Does that name ring mm-hmm. a bell? So he made Rails yeah. Kits, which was like a great idea. Uh, they were like pre-made Rails apps, basically, that you could buy that are already like tailored for doing a thing, which is good stuff. And then uh, after that, he uh, started Honey Badger. He's one of the co-founders of Honey Badger which I feel a deep affinity towards after uh, realizing there are three people who started when a large incumbent kind of went off the rails and their intention is to stay small and uh, just provide a good profitable service. I see some I parallels like, there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is our spirit. Mm-hmm. This is our sister company. We, they just don't mm-hmm. know it yet. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, Ben is going to come on the podcast next week. And I, and I think that's, I, this is sort of how I pitch it to you, uh, which is like Mondays, maybe we do interviews. Thursdays, maybe we do updates just because there might not be quite enough to talk about if we didn't have like a little bit of a cadence like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, cool. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll see you in a few days. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Show notes. Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Slash Monday? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. Don't go there. That's a, don't go to that URL. Dead URL. All right. Thanks for listening. See ya.